You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Thursday, June the 9th of 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. Each and every day, Monday to Friday, I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. You can find me on Twitter at LJFastball. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And you can email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Well, we talked about it yesterday, how the bullpen is being tested. The depth is being pushed to the brink. Is it going to be able to sustain? And we saw the side effects of the bullpen yesterday as the Cardinals fall 11-3. to The only pitcher not to give up an earned run, Yadier Molina. Yep, uh, that is a sentence that I just said because it is a factual statement. Still pretty hard to believe. That Yadier Molina was the only man to not give up an earned run yesterday. He had a Cardinal uniform. And he even registered a strikeout, which the Cardinals starter, Packy Naughton, was not able to do. All in all, not a good day. Molina's career ERA drops to 18.00. The other ERAs for the Cardinal starters, or for the Cardinal pitchers yesterday, their season ERAs. Packy Naughton's went up to 5.54. Johan Oviedo is at 4.70, although Oviedo pitched two and two-thirds of an inning, got three strikeouts, gave up an earned run, but Oviedo wasn't terrible. Nick Whitgren, his ERA is up to 6.04 on the season as he has given up three runs yesterday, walked a man, struck out a man, and gave up three hits. In two innings of relief, TJ McFarland gave up three runs on five hits. He walked two, struck out two for an 8.18 ERA on the season for the left-hander. This bullpen is being pushed. I've I've said that a couple times already. What do I mean by that? I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but for those who missed it or to elaborate on this point more, the Cardinals have depth. It is just being pushed to the max right now. Ali Marmal talked about over the last couple of days that Andre Pallante being pushed to being a starter has really hurt this team. Because if Andre Pallante is still a reliever, he says you likely see him in the 8th and ninth innings on Tuesday's game. And then you have Gallegos and Helsley available for the 10th innings and so on and so forth. Or you leave Palante out there for a third inning maybe and you have Giovanni Gallegos and Ryan Helsley available the next day. You get a win. Start off the series with a W. The mindset changes. Game 2 looks completely different. Even with Naughton on the mound. The Cardinals need to get Jack Flaherty back as soon as possible. And they shouldn't rush it. They need him back healthy and and at top-notch performing very well. I understand that. So I'm not advocating for the Cardinals to rush him back or to do anything of that nature. But when he comes back, things get a little bit more calmer. You're able to put somebody back in the bullpen that needs to be there. You have another starter. That is also contingent on Jack Flaherty performing at the level he's supposed to. I will say that as well, because just because Jack Flurry comes back, that doesn't automatically make things 100% better because he has, he has rather, ace-level type stuff. It's just a question of can he put it all together to be the Cardinals' ace? Because when he comes back, that is what he is going to need to be. He is going to need to be the ace of the staff. 
Dakota Hudson has turned in two very nice starts. Adam Wainwright is 40 years old. Miles Michaelis, who gets the ball a little later today, started some struggle, maybe some signs of improvement later. You just don't know. Jack Flaherty needs to be the Jack Flaherty that, that he can be. I'm not saying he needs to be the historic setting Jack Flaherty of the second half of the 2019 season, but he's got to be the pitcher that he was pre-injury in 2021. He was 8-1 with a sub-3 ERA in his starts before the injury last June. That's the kind of pitcher the Cardinals need him to be. Because if he's that ace-level pitcher, you're able to put Pallante back in the bullpen. You get Naughton or Walsh, or Walsh already was sent down. You get Naughton off your roster. You send Oviedo down to get uh, regular innings. You, you keep Naughton in the bullpen. Whatever it is, it obviously makes this team better because we're seeing it now. We've seen it a couple different times that bullpen games don't tend to go very well for the Cardinals. The only one that I can really remember them winning that was a true bullpen game was the Baltimore game on Memorial Day. Packy Norton got the start there. He impressed. He did not impress against the Rays yesterday. This Cardinal bullpen is... We're, reaching, we're seeing the limitations of this bullpen. And there's a good argument right now for the Cardinals to go out and get a front-line ace or number two starting pitcher on the market to go get a Montas, to go get another front-line starter. However, just a little word of caution, if you will. If any of those trades, any of those packages include, or the if the opposing side wants to include any of these following names, Jordan Walker, Matthew Libertor, Nolan Gorman, it's not happening. You could even throw Ivan Herrera on that list, the catching prospect. The Cardinals have been widely known to not give up top prospects for a rental or even for somebody with a couple years of control. It's not going to happen. That is what the track record has shown. I don't see the Cardinals going out to get a frontline starter. What I do see them maybe doing is maybe you package a deal, maybe you, you, you give up Newt Bar, you give up maybe DeYoung, maybe, but you give up Sosa, somebody like that to get a reliever. Because I think this team needs bullpen help more so than anything else. Because right now, we talked about it yesterday as well, Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, Henesis Cabrera. Those are the three you trust. Verhagen has had his moments, but also not really. Whitgren, no. McFarland, no. Oviedo, maybe for a couple innings, but he still gave up a run yesterday as we talked about. Cardinals need help, and hopefully it's coming soon in the form of Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz. We just don't know what we're going to get from either one of those two. It was reported the other day that Matz had a setback. But Yesterday, going into the game, it was just a bad feeling. You just had a bad feeling about that game because of the bullpen situation, because of the bullpen start. The offense got eight runs. They only stranded five runners, but they were two for seven with runners in scoring position. One extra base hit. That was the O'Neill home run that I'll talk about him in just a moment. You know, I'm not trying to completely switch tones and say this team is, is doomed and disastrous because I do think still over the long haul this team is going to be fine. I still think this team has enough to win the division. Especially if the Phillies keep beating the Brewers the way they are. But, 
that does not mean this team is without weakness as well. Both these, both of those statements can and are true, in my opinion. Is that this team has what it takes to win. They just got to get the pieces back. We've seen Dakota Hudson find it and become the piece that he needs to be in this rotation. We've seen Helsley find it and become the piece that the Cardinals need in the bullpen. Just keep that trend continuing with O'Neal, with Carlson when he comes back, with Mats, with Flaherty, and anybody else that's going to get hurt and come back to the roster. It's it's a fine line of balance. I still think I still think this team is in a better spot this June than they were last June. I still believe that. And I still think this team is going to figure it out. But the bullpen games just cannot happen. Get Libertor up. Make Angel Rondon a full-time starter. Something. These bullpen games aren't going to do it. They're not going to cut it. Andre Pallante, get him stretched out to five-plus innings. Just do something to get an actual starter in there. Call up Jake Woodford even, as a matter of fact. I would love to see Woodford get another crack at things. That is still an enigma to me as to why he's not getting more cracks at things. This team is going to be fine, but the bullpen is being tested right now. Again, just like yesterday, let me know what you think about the bullpen. I want to know what your thoughts are. Uh, Also, I'm working on getting a voicemail line set up so you guys can call, leave your voicemails, and I will uh, play them on the show. Uh, So stay tuned uh, for that information to be coming out here in a little bit. I'm trying to figure that out over the next couple of days. But regardless, the Cardinals did lose 11-3 yesterday, and the only positive on the offensive side of things, in my opinion, was... Tyler O'Neill, as he was the only Cardinal with multiple hits, and he was the only man to drive in runs. So I'll talk about the importance of Tyler O'Neill coming up here in just a moment. But first, do you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with some caramel swirled on top? Mouth-watering yet? What if I told you you can have that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness, and you get 17 grams of protein? You might think that's a pretty good deal, right? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, but you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. And plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, as I mentioned, the 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. These things are incredibly healthy and tasty. You can have both. They're also covered 100% in real chocolate. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice the taste for healthiness. You can have both. All of Built Bars are made with collagen protein to make your body absorb it more efficiently and provides all of the health benefits you can imagine. There are a million reasons you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just focus on one. Let's just tell you that caramel brownie will rock your world. That is not an understatement. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars now. And you can use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Before we get into Tyler O'Neill and why I think he is going to be... Uh, or why I think he is extremely important in this lineup, I want to tell you guys about a listener survey that we here at the Locked On Podcast Network have put together for you. Uh, we, we put it together so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On Podcast even better. It's your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Uh, so go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey 
right now. You can get started pretty quickly. It won't take you very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take the audience survey, once again, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you in advance for your help. And you can always leave YouTube comments. You can always leave a rating on uh, Spotify or Apple or other podcasting platforms. You can always shoot me an email at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Try to respond to those in somewhat of a timely manner. Uh, So plenty of ways, but be sure to complete that survey as well. Tyler O'Neill has been what the Cardinals have needed him to be since his return to the lineup. He struck out a couple times on Tuesday, did not strike out yesterday. But even on Tuesday, when he had the, the couple strikeouts, he still had a couple hits. So in his return so far, he is four for nine with that home run, three runs driven in yesterday. You know, the, the Tyler O'Neill he was beforehand in his, before the injury, was the, the bottom of the barrel Tyler O'Neill. That's the Tyler O'Neill that when he strikes out two or three times a game, you can't live with it. Even with the gold glove defense that he brings to the table. You just can't live with that kind of lack of production from Tyler O'Neill. But when he hits a home run, when he has a couple RBIs, that's the kind of production, that's the, that's the kind of O'Neill the Cardinals can live with striking out a couple times a game. Tyler O'Neill is somebody that is extremely important to this lineup, not just because of his ability to swing the bat, but because the Cardinals need protection for Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Tyler O'Neill last year was that production, was that protection. Somebody that the Cardinals can rely on to, to say, okay, they're not just going to pitch around Goldschmidt and Arenado. There's another threat in this lineup. I talked about this often in the offseason. When this outfield is right, of Tyler O'Neill in left, Harrison Bader in center, Dylan Carlson and Wright. When that outfield is healthy and playing the right way, that is the best outfield in all of baseball. There are all five tool players that can impact the game on any given night in a number of ways. We've seen it this year with Harrison Bader's speed coming to the, coming into play. We're seeing it now with O'Neill's power producing. And I want to say this because... You know, there, there is this as well. I understand this is just two games into his return. I'm not talking about Tyler O'Neill this segment to say, okay, he's back. This is incredible. O'Neill is going to be an MVP candidate. He's going to be an all-star. He's going to take over. Let's slow our roll a little bit. All those things could happen. I don't know. I don't, I don't read the future. But the point of this segment is to just highlight the importance of Tyler O'Neill to this offense. It lengthens the lineup immensely. And when O'Neill's right, he has power to all fields. That's why when he hit the home run yesterday, that's why I was most excited about it. Yeah, when O'Neill hits a home run, it's usually not a cheap shot, so they're usually fun to watch and admire. But when he is right is the biggest key, and that is when he has power the other way. He's not just pulling the baseball for homers. He's not just trying to hit the long ball. But he has the ability to go the other way with that home run power. And that's what he did yesterday against Corey Kluber. I'm getting cautiously optimistic and cautiously excited for Tyler O'Neill's return to the lineup. First couple days, you've seen some positive things. Yes, you got the strikeout, but you got the two hits as well. In the first game, you saw the home run yesterday. Or, uh, yeah, Wednesday. So you're starting to see some good things. 
a correction, by the way, he struck out three times on Tuesday. I beg your pardon. Uh, forgot about the extra inning strikeout there. But still, strikeouts you can live with if he is going to get a home run the next day or if he's going to produce like this. Got three home runs now. Look for O'Neill as well to take advantage of some of the weak pitching he'll be facing against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh over the next couple of days after this series in Tampa Bay concludes uh, with a really good lefty on the mound on Thursday. Because if O'Neill can get going a little bit before that series against Milwaukee, you got the Boston series in there as well. But again, this lineup can be lethal. This offense has the pieces to be a successful lineup. This team has the pieces to win games. We're seeing that. I know they've lost two in a row. They're on trying not to get swept on Thursday afternoon. But this team has what it takes to win the division. I truly believe that. If that's going to happen, if the pieces are going to be able to come together to win this division, this outfield needs to play better. We saw the offense go on fire in the second half of last season, especially the 17-game winning streak, which, of course, is an anomaly. But the takeaway from that, because many of these offensive characters are the same, the outfield was playing at an unreal level last year. Got two gold gloves, saw the offensive numbers for all three of them, took on an uptick. Bader's having arguably as good, if not better, of a season this year. So last year, when the Cardinals were winning games, this offense, this outfield offense in particular, was at the forefront. There's no reason it, it, it won't be the same this year. When this outfield gets rolling, this team will start winning games. And Tyler O'Neill is incredibly important to that. He's the one on the field right now. Hopefully Carlson comes back this weekend. He's been putting up pretty good numbers, pretty good games against uh, the, the AAA pitching that he's facing. But nevertheless, Tyler O'Neill is somebody that will provide protection for Goldschmidt Arenado and somebody that will lengthen this lineup to make it really a, a borderline deadly lineup. I know a lot of fans last year were trying to make uh, Arenado, Goldschmidt, and O'Neill the, the, the new MV3. <laughs> Three guys that hit 30 home runs, and two of them drove in 100, 100 runs as well. That's what good this offense can be. You have those three MVP caliber guys. And O'Neill had some good moments last year, too, in a Cardinal uniform. The home run against San Diego late in the year uh, tops the list, in my opinion. But this is somebody in O'Neill that needs to get going quickly out of his uh, injured list, and so far he has done just that. So talk about the rest of the offense uh, as well as Thursday's matchup coming up here uh, in just a moment. But just to finish up on Tyler, Tyler O'Neill, he's fun to watch when, when, he, when he's playing well. And that, that provides protection that the Cardinals ultimately need because that's what they looked for in Paul DeYoung to start last season, to be that protection for Goldsburg and Arnado. Gold, or DeYoung proved to not be up to the task until O'Neill came in and, and he proved to be that guy. So we'll look for O'Neill to uh, be the guy for the Cardinals and step up and produce for St. Louis here uh, coming out of his eye, Elston. So talking about the rest of the offense as well as uh, Thursday's game coming up here in just a moment. St. Louis Cardinals yesterday outside of O'Neill didn't really have a ton to talk about. They struck out nine times against Tampa Bay pitching staff, five to Kluber, Two each to Bard uh, and Armstrong. Uh, Armstrong closed out the game. Uh, Bard uh, pitched the uh, sixth and or excuse me, the seventh and eighth innings for the Tip Bay Rays. 
mentioned it a little bit. You know, they only stranded five runners, but they also only had seven opportunities with runners in scoring position. You saw Edmund continue to produce. He got a hit and a walk as well. Gorman was one for four. Good to see him still get not going to get many at-bats versus lefties, but it was good to see him at least get a hit last night. Uh, Goldschmidt continued to, to at least produce a little bit as he got a hit. Brendan Donovan, scrappy ball player. I really can't tell you how much I really, really enjoy watching Brendan Donovan play baseball. Even in a game when the Cardinals lose 11-3 to and Donovan only has a hit, it's still fun to watch him. Yepes had a hit as well as Harrison Bader. Bader tr- struck out twice. Newt Barr not doing himself any favors. He struck out twice. Uh, Kisner was 0-3 behind the dish. But when I, I talk about Newt Bar, because when Dylan Carlson comes back, Lars Newt Bar is likely the odd man out. I know he's a fan favorite. I know people love chanting Newt at the ballpark. But at the end of the day, from a purely baseball standpoint, Newt is the odd man out in this outfield. And I think Lars Newt Bar will be the one sent down. And this offense, I, I've talked about it. I know, you know, I, I said it on Tuesday's show. I said it yesterday before the game that this offense is trending in the right direction. They're, they look like a more complete offense. And they put together a couple of, you know, they, they scratched, fight, and clawed. They were scrappy on Tuesday. Yesterday, they, they put up three runs and lost by eight. They're facing some really good pitching, too. That that should be noticed as well. I believe somebody commented on the YouTube page that. And that will not change today when the uh, Cardinals face uh, Shane McClellan of uh, the Tampa Bay Rays because he is really, really good. So the, the pitching matchup doesn't get much easier for the St. Louis Cardinals, but I still am a fan of this offense. Brendan Donovan up and down the lineup. I just think this offense has too much upside not to produce. You've got the names in Goldschmidt and Arenado. You've got the guys that are producing. You didn't expect them to, and Donovan and Yepes a little bit, even though Yepes is starting to struggle. Uh, Marmol talked about his front side flying open a little bit. But you, you, you do have some... You have, you have enough recognition you have enough talent in this lineup to get to get it done it's just a matter of when are they going to put it all together because I do think this lineup has that capability so from an offensive standpoint it's going to be tough against McClellan on Thursday as uh, McClellan um, is a really tough left-handed pitching I know the Cardinals hit lefties pretty well but he is tough as he will enter the six and two record uh, sub two and a half year array as well Lefty number 20, or he's 25 years old. You'll likely see Albert in the lineup, but holy cow, it's going to be a tough day. Miles Michaelis is going to have to go up there and match zeros. Miles Michaelis is going to have to be the ace that he was in April and most of May for the Cardinals to win this game on Thursday. So um, Cardinals will have to avoid the sweep. Playoff teams, I talk about this a lot, what playoff teams do. They don't get swept at home. They don't lose many series. The Cardinals haven't lost many series. I think it was only the third, maybe fourth series the Cardinals have lost outright this year. Uh, but playoff teams also don't get swept, period. You can't let this become a too long of a losing streak. The Rays are a tough team. I'm not trying to take away from that. The next step, I'll talk about this a little bit more in tomorrow's episode, is to take advantage of the schedule this weekend and into next week with the Reds coming into town as well as the Pirates. So find a way to get a little bit of momentum, a little bit of mojo before the flight back to St. Louis with a win against the Rays today. On tomorrow's show, I'll talk about the win or loss of today's game as well as uh, preview the series for this coming weekend against the Cincinnati Reds. So until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.